It's 11 minutes before the hour. You're listening to Raven Radio, KCAW in Sitka. Today is Monday, January 3rd, 2022. I'm Brooke Schaefer with Raven News. This weekend, the Alaska Department of Fish and Game announced it's postponing the upcoming Alaska Board of Fisheries meeting due to coronavirus concerns. The Board of Fish is the group that makes regulatory decisions around the state-managed fisheries. It was set to kick off its 12-day Southeast Shellfish and Finfish meeting in Ketchikan on January 4th. According to a press release from the ADFNG, key staff have already tested positive for COVID and are unable to participate in the meeting. The board has not set a new date and location for the postponed meeting. Last week, we aired our annual year-ender, looking back on 2021 and forward to 2022 in Sitka. Now, we bring you a year in review from our sister stations around Southeast. I'm Joe Vignicki in Petersburg, where residents debated the future of health care for this island community with the ongoing backdrop of the COVID-19 pandemic. The conversation has to be more about the realities of living here and how we can provide the best care at the best price for the entire population. Residents posted signs around town backing the Southeast Alaska Regional Health Consortium, hoping to spark a discussion about who should get to build and operate a new hospital here. The Petersburg Medical Center, the community hospital for more than a century, wants to replace its aging building with a new one and is seeking grant funding. Meanwhile, search expanded into behavioral health and dentistry in Petersburg with changes in retirements for a local nonprofit and a business this year. Local residents protested against a face covering requirement in indoor public spaces in February. An outbreak later that month had schools returning to distance learning and other closures. And it was Petersburg's largest outbreak during the pandemic. That was until November when case numbers skyrocketed. The medical center expanded its home health program with nurses bringing care directly to patients. If it wasn't for the home health people, I wouldn't have made it because I was too weak to drive myself. I was too weak to even walk. I was too weak to do anything. It's been very scary for me. The borough disbanded its emergency operations center and most health mandates at the end of June, but continued with unenforced face covering requirements during times of high case counts. Throughout the year, the community rallied around a teen getting treated for cancer in Seattle. Joseph Tagabon had a warm homecoming in November. Joseph's here, he's whole, he's... He's alive! <laughs> yeah, I can't be more thankful. A two-family business, Hammer & Wecon, celebrated a century in Petersburg with multiple events throughout the year. The Little Norway Festival and many other local events returned with in-person gatherings as well. Petersburg saw a return of small ship cruises with companies mostly requiring vaccinations for passengers. One company did end a voyage in July with an outbreak during a port call to Petersburg. Seafood processing companies mostly required a vaccinated workforce, and those workers kept busy this summer with strong catches of seafood. Fishermen saw high and, in some cases, record-breaking prices for many species. In Petersburg, I'm Joe Vicknicki. In Wrangell, I'm Sage Smiley. 2021 was a year of new beginnings and returning traditions for Wrangell. The year saw the return of cruises, some local fish and game office operations, in-person performances for student musicians, Wrangell's King Salmon Derby, and a Southeast commercial salmon harvest four times larger than last year's. Wrangell's public library celebrated being open for 100 years. Fourth of July celebrations returned in full force. 
In early 2021, the Wrangell Medical Center fully transferred operations to the new hospital facility and opened up COVID-19 vaccinations first to adults, then teens, then kids as young as five. A team of scientists, including Charlotte Lundquist, discovered a 10,000-year-old dog bone in a cave on the mainland, hinting at the travel routes of humans and their pets at the end of the Ice Age. That is among the oldest dog remains that we have from North America. And the appearance of a mysterious red color on one of Wrangell's largest ancient rock carvings sparked community discussion and reflection about Petroglyph Beach. Here's Wrangell tribal citizen Tis Peterman. I get a sense of peace out there. I feel a calmness that no matter what, we've been a part of this land forever. And even though uh, looking back over the years and how the natives have been treated uh, good and bad, we've always come from here. And so that gives me a sense of peace. A sudden windstorm battered the island in late November, underscoring the community's ongoing issues with aging infrastructure. Development of the former Wrangell Institute property came to a halt after the discovery of graves at the site of a former Canadian residential school. Esther Reese, or Aftseen, is the tribal administrator and says the Wrangell Cooperative Association is working with the city to survey the site and to put up a memorial. We're just happy to be able to work with the city on something that's of critical importance and a sad part of history of our people. So it it's very appropriate that the city is working with the tribe on it. Throughout the year, Wrangellites came together, rescuing a man who accidentally drove into Heritage Harbor, participating in community cleanup and downtown gardening events, and recycling electronic waste. Wrangell rallied to raise money for cancer care, congenital heart defect research, and to complete the final stages of the community's long-awaited Mariner's Memorial. In Wrangell, I'm Sage Smiley. In Ketchikan, I'm Eric Stone. Southeast Alaska started the year facing the prospect of a second season without large cruise ships. In February, Canadian authorities extended a 2020 ban on large cruise ships in the country's waters. That presented a problem. A 19th century law requires foreign flagged ships to stop in another country when sailing between domestic ports. But after Alaska's congressional delegation pushed through a bill waiving the requirement to stop in Canada, Ketchikan welcomed Alaska's first large cruise ship in almost two years. It was a limited victory. Passenger numbers were still down more than 90 percent from 2019 this year, but the recovery is expected to go full steam ahead next year with 1.4 million people projected to visit Ketchikan on cruise ships. 2021 was also a year that saw a number of familiar faces in Ketchikan local government depart. The highest profile might have been Carl Amelon, who died shortly after retiring as Ketchikan's city manager this year. He'd been the city's top administrator for 26 years, leading the city through a transition from timber hub to tourism hotspot. Ketchikan's school district also got a new leader. Superintendent Beth Lougey resigned in April after personal tragedy and pressure from Alaska need of leaders critical of her tenure. Melissa Johnson, who had been a middle school assistant principal, took over the job on a temporary basis. She's thought to be the first Alaska Native person to lead Ketchikan's school district. It was also a year in which community members sought to address a growing opioid crisis in Ketchikan. Advocates say 20 people died of opioid overdoses this year. A community health survey identified substance abuse treatment as one of Ketchikan's top needs. 
There was plenty of good news in 2021. This year, the National Oceanic and Atmospheric Administration broke ground on a new dock and office space in Ketchikan to support home porting a research vessel. And Ketchikan was recertified as a Coast Guard city this summer. The community's 4th of July parade returned to pre-pandemic form during that sweet summer lull when we all thought the pandemic was behind us. Voters also approved a $6.6 million bond measure that'll soon add artificial turf to baseball and softball fields in Ketchikan. Alaska Power and Telephone announced they'd lay a fiber optic cable to Prince of Wales Island to support greater internet speeds. And who could forget the orca? In July, community members on Prince of Wales Island kept a stranded killer whale cool and wet long enough for it to free itself on an incoming tide. Researchers later identified it as T146D, part of the West Coast transient orca population known as Biggs Killer Whales. In Ketchikan, I'm Eric Stone. In Haines, I'm Corinne Smith. Haines began 2021 recovering from the devastation of last December's storms. The Haines School came back after winter break, mourning the tragic loss of kindergarten teacher Janae Larson as well as David Simmons in the landslide. Haynes art teacher Giselle Miller created a paper crane project to foster healing. Grief, anger, you know, yeah, sadness, confusion, like all those things. I want the art room to be a safe space where students can feel like they can express those things. In February, a Chilkat Valley bear encounter made international news. Shannon Stevens spent the weekend out at a remote yurt on Chilkat Lake and went to use the outhouse. Sat down on the toilet seat and something just immediately bit me in the butt. <laughs> um, so I jumped up and screamed. Luckily, she was not seriously injured and had a good sense of humor, even adopting the name DJ Bearbite when DJing on KHNS. A groundbreaking ceremony was held in Clinkett Park to celebrate the construction of a new Clinkett Longhouse Pavilion. We're making Clinkett Park more Clinkett. In July, the Chilkat Valley community celebrated the return of the Southeast Alaska State Fair. In August, the community saw its first and largest COVID outbreak to date. Haines schools persevered, continuing in-person throughout the 2020-21 school year and organized to do the same entering the fall term with masking and testing protocols in place. 2021 was a tough year. Feeling the continuous pressure of the COVID pandemic, the aftermath of the devastating winter storms and economic pressures. But residents have come together, united against challenges and celebrating wins. And always the immense beauty of the Chilkat Valley. In Haines, I'm Corinne Smith. That was A Year in Review from Joe Vicknicki in Petersburg, Sage Smiley in Wrangell, Eric Stone in Ketchikan, and Corinne Smith in Haines. And I'm Brooke Schaefer, and this has been Raven News. (laughs) 